Hello, everybody. This is Rob Fredette with HodgePod. I have another special episode today, and I've actually asked my brother, Rick, to join me on this podcast. And we're going to be talking about situational awareness and talk about how uh, the event businesses have evolved over the years. Um, you know, when you go to a game or a concert or just everyday life with situational awareness. I want to introduce my brother. He's been in the business for how many years now, Rick? Well, first of all, welcome. And uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, thanks. This is uh, Rick Fernet, Rob's brother. Uh, appreciate the invite and the opportunity to uh, to be on your podcast. I've listened to uh, some of yours, and they're uh, they're really good. And, and uh, thank you. So appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. So, uh, how long have you been in the business? You've done uh, all kinds of stuff in the business. What have what what do you what's your current role now, and what are some of the things you've done in the past, which I find to be pretty cool? So, I've been in the business for thirty two years. Uh, started as an event coordinator in Memphis, uh, working at an arena. And uh, over the years, I've worked, uh, been at, been at, at a couple of arenas, been at a, a university uh, managing an athletic it's complex. Seven o'clock. Uh, worked at a for eleven years. Uh, mm-hmm. Worked at a uh, NFL stadium, and, and now at a, at a convention center. Wow. So this podcast, we're going to talk about like how uh, the business has changed over the years. And, uh, you know, when you go to a concert or a game or you uh, go out uh, shopping or whatnot, it's all about situational awareness. But uh, everybody goes to have a good time at a game. How has the uh, the business evolved, the event business evolved over the years for safety of everybody involved? You know, going back uh, when I when I started in this business, um, you know, I was in there planning events and and and, uh, uh, you know, dealing with uh, security and the, and the, uh, 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 production managers with the show on, on event security and ticket taking mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. And, um, you know, uh, now, you know, going over, going over the events, um, you know, and it was, it's, it seemed pretty straightforward, you know, you, you'd plan the event, uh, you'd have, uh, you know, uh, a certain security detail for for uh, the the show itself. You'd have a security detail for, you know, the front of house ticket takers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the crowds and all that stuff based on the, the type of event that it was, whether it was a concert, a family show, um, you know, anything like that is certainly different levels. Um, but then over the years, as uh Certain events have happened uh, in the world, not just in the event business, but just uh, globally. You know, a, a lot of those things have changed uh, how we how we uh, plan events and how we look at events uh, before, during, and after. Yeah, interesting because uh, when you go to a game, you don't think about things like that. Uh, the the fans just go to the game, but it's a uh, it's it's evolved over the years. So when uh, attending events, uh, basically. Uh, there are a lot of things that come into play. So while I'm doing research for this, uh, I was looking back at some events that have happened over the years at concerts or 
or games. Just a few instances. In 1979, The Who was supposed to play at Cincinnati Riverfront Stadium. They had 18,000 tickets sold for the concert in Cincinnati, and there were only 25 police officers allotted for crowd control. So basically, uh, there was a band playing prior to the gates opening at 8 o'clock, and this was at 745, and people trampled to get in, and uh, 11 people were killed. So that goes pretty much to crowd control, but uh, things evolve over time, don't they? Officers back then, now 25 police officers is, um, I I wouldn't say even on some events, especially on a show like that, is is probably not even – 25% 25% of the call or, you know, uh, is certainly very, very low. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the calls now, I mean, uh, you know, just in the convention center business, I mean, there's some events that we have, we have about 20 officers just depending on, on, on the event type. Uh, certainly a crowd that size now is, is you're talking uh, certainly a lot more than that. Right. And the stadiums have gotten b- bigger and bigger and bigger with more amenities and more things to do. So over the years, the stadiums have evolved. When you go to a game, it's not about the game, but it's the experience. So when you're looking at how it has evolved, do over time, do is there best practices over time when there are events that uh, it gets sent out to event folks um, in the business just to uh, give best practices? Yeah, so you know, again, back you know, starting back in in the early '90s when when I got into the business, um, you know, I, you know, it was you 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 had a call, and you know, uh, you know, whether it be event security showing up, police would show up, you would have that call. Um, there would be a short briefing uh, before the event, uh, going mm-hmm. over show times, any, any issues that might've, of happened at previous shows. Um, you know, again, looking at whether there's contraband checks, um, you know, what time alcohol sales are, are, are going to close and, and, and all of those things. Um, but just o- over the years, the, the planning process has, has certainly become more intense not mm-hmm. just on on for the event itself, but also those things that that are that that don't um, or that initially didn't happen back then. And 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 you mm-hmm. know, let's look at you know just uh, uh, you know look at at uh, whether whether they be active shooter events, whether it be you know people trying to uh, that that. Uh, trying to drive a car through maybe some entrance doors or, Mm -hmm. you know, vehicle ramming, things like that. Um, You know, and, and it could be as simple there, there are people in uh, that are out there that just want to cause problems, Mm -hmm. uh, wreak some havoc, you know, and just, you know, just be, be a disruption to, to, to the event itself. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that there's been a a sudden uptick in people who are going to concerts now going up on stage and like hitting the performer or grabbing the microphone. I saw something the other day on, uh, on social media, on Instagram, some guy got up there with Brian Adams and he started singing summer of 69 and the security guards like whisked him away. And it was kind of a, a light moment, I guess, at the concert, which is really not a light moment. And, Ryan Adams just sang the song like nothing happened, but it's crazy. People want to become part of the event or I don't understand what the, the logic is in that. Cause that's pretty stupid to do. 
Well, uh, yeah, one of the things I've noticed uh, at least, and I'll say just in the last couple of weeks uh, on the news uh, is uh, people throwing stuff at the performers um, and and they've been like cell phones and they're throwing them, you know, for the, the performer to take a selfie and throw the phone back. Well, they're, you know, they're throwing the phones and it's hitting, hitting these performers like in, in, in the head or in the face uh, mm-hmm. or upper torso area. And, and, you know, obviously that's, that's dangerous. They can, you know, uh, that, that could put the end of, end, end to a show, um, you know, look at the uh, tour de France, I guess it was yesterday uh, where somebody was wanting, was taking a selfie or stepped out into the course and, and knocked over, uh, I don't know what, 10 or 12 riders. Yeah. That was recently. That, it was but... one a couple of years ago too. a woman, was getting a selfie with a sign and, and like 15 to 20 bikers got knocked out yeah. of the race. I don't know if they ever found her, but you know, everybody wants to get that picture at that moment, you know, so they yeah. can be seen, you know, right. at the event, but yeah, it's getting very dangerous when you're seeing performers get hit in the head with phones. I don't think it was Harry Styles, if I'm not mistaken, or he got hit and it's just, it's just crazy because somebody can get, and uh, it's just not that, um, Lately, I've seen some performers yeah. falling off stages. Right. Yeah, for sure. So how, you know, when you think of... The, uh, um, you know, one of the things you, you brought up... Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you, you brought up a, a, a situational awareness um, at the beginning. And, you know, just taking it on a personal level, look, you know, looking at it, um, and, and I don't know if it's just because I've been, been in the business or, you know, that's things that I was always that that were uh, brought to my attention uh, early on. But, you know, just taking it on a personal level, how you know, how many people nowadays when they walk into a building, whether, you know, an office building that they've never been before, uh, going to a show, going to the airport, going to the mall, uh, just anywhere, uh, or or even going to a hotel, you're you know spending the weekend somewhere on on, on a weekend getaway. Um, how many people? Uh, and I hope it's a high number, but uh, but how many people look at where the emergency exits are? Mm-hmm. You know, looking at you know if something, uh, I guess if something were to happen, where do I go? Where's the quickest exit? Right. Um, you can look at it when when fire alarms go off in the building. How many people start moving towards the exits? You know, just just those things. And and you know, sometimes it's you know, I think people just human nature. People get complacent. Um, but you know that I think some of that all you know begins there as 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 that mm-hmm. situational awareness, knowing where you are, and if something happens, you know what what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? How are you going to react? Yeah, we uh, when uh, my wife and you know Donna and I when we go out, we uh, we always look where the exits are, where easy access is, and you really got to know what your surroundings are. Like when you're going into a parking lot, you know, be aware of what's going on in the parking lot, and uh, you can definitely do that. So. You know, uh, disasters don't have to be uh, crowd control. It can be things like the 1989 World Series in San Francisco. There was a, a earthquake that lasted 15 seconds and did billions in damage during the 1989 World Series. So 
I guess the the thing is, is that just, I guess, assess the situation when something happens, but uh, it doesn't have to be just uh, man-made. It can be uh, Mother Nature as well. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, uh, earthquakes and, and uh, certainly here in Florida is we are in uh, the, the beginning part of hurricane season and we can certainly, uh, you know, earthquakes, they're trying to predict those and, and being able to tell when, when they may happen. Um, you know, certainly in earth, uh, a hurricane, we can, uh, we have uh, the, the weather uh, meteorologists. Mm-hmm you know, telling us where that storm is and how it's tracking and all that stuff. But typically we don't, uh, we don't know up until maybe, you know, 48, 72 hours of roughly where that's going to go. But, but us as a building um, mm-hmm. and, and certainly as individuals, we can plan for that. We can get, you know, the three to five days worth of food and water and, and those mm-hmm. things where earthquakes and, and some of that you can't. Um, but we can plan for those and, and we do plan for those, um, you know, just in the event that we would get hit by by a category four or five hurricane, um, you know, where we are right on right in South Florida. Yeah. And um, I, you know, yeah. so there, there's you know, there's you, you can plan for some you can't plan for everything, but uh, not planning at all or or having hope as your plan. Uh, doesn't work. Hope, hope is not a plan. Got it. That's exactly right. You know, you said South Florida. When I worked in South Florida uh, back in the early, mid-90s, I was working at Pro Player Stadium, and we had a straight-line win at Pro Player Stadium where the Dolphins and Marlins played, and there was a, I was up on the 400 level, which is like the upper deck, and I saw a straight-line win, 80, 90, 100 miles an hour, pick up a 2,000-pound cart and just toss it like it was nothing, and it absolutely destroyed the cart, and it put divots in the concourse and it went several feet in the air until it landed. So, um, you know, things are man-made, so you have to be aware of the situations around you. So um, what um, are there certain events or certain things that maybe, you know, through your experience that have changed how, how we live every day or how we go about, um, you know, going to uh, things we enjoy doing like concerts, games and things like that. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes while we're enjoying having fun. And that, and that is correct. It's not. Yeah. there it, It's a lot different now. Um, like I said, um, you know, uh, the, the planning um, or the pre-planning for events uh, is certainly more intense, more comprehensive. Uh, it's not just the venues working with the shows Um or, you know, it's the venues, you're, you're actually, you know, whatever the promoter or the organizer, uh, the venue itself, uh, the security companies, the police, um, you know, the, a lot of, you know, just the local agencies, you're actually having um, planning meetings um, that are, 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 you know, could be uh, weeks out uh, and you're actually having multiple meetings there's you know kind of what resources you know obviously what is the event what type of event what is the profile of the event mm-hmm. um, you know certainly certainly dictates um, um, staffing levels and and what type of resources you're there but you're including uh, really more of the the whole uh, community um you know everything from from traffic and and 
you know, the hospitals and medical and police and, and any, um, you know, all the local uh, jurisdictions and that, mm-hmm. but certainly now you're, you know, you're, you're also having, uh, especially with us, we're, you know, some of the, some of the events we do, we look at social media, uh, see if anybody is disgruntled with with uh, the event maybe that we've had. Um, you know, we, we do some uh, like a, uh, a a super con or a comic con type thing, um, you know, and where where there have been a couple of of shootings at or, or you know, incidents at at some of those events uh, across the country. And we look at those and, and we're seeing what type of social media posts and if anybody um, you know, if they were at those shows. And, and so we're u- utilizing those resources to look at those, that social media to see if there's anything out there that, that might be, uh, could be a potential issue with us. Mm, that's wild. Um, you know, I look back at yeah. uh, some getting research for this and uh, a couple instances that I, uh, I picked up were in 1977 in Southgate, Kentucky, the Beverly Hills Supper Club was a sprawling place in Kentucky located just across Cincinnati. And this was a venue that had several events going on all at the same time this one night, including banquets, receptions, and a John Davidson concert. John Davidson from the late 70s. He was on uh, TV yeah. all the time. Well, a fire broke out and it was never determined what the fire was or how it happened. And a busboy had to make an announcement about the fire to the people at the Beverly Hills Supper Club fire, 165 people died in that. And it was meant for 600 people. There were at least 1,000 people inside that facility. And one other one that I totally forgot about, and it was just, it's amazing how time flies. But in 2011, in, on August of 2011, at the Indiana State Fair, a stage collapsed where a uh, storm or a high wind went through seven people died and 58 people were injured with the strong winds, knocked down metal scaffolding and stage equipment um, into the packed crowd. Sugarland was supposed to be performing and this happened. It was a horrible tragedy and uh, it's amazing things happen. It, it sheds to light what actually, you know, procedures and new, I guess, regulations happen when these things happen. Was that, is that what, pretty much happens rick when that uh when these uh bad things happen yeah i remember i remember that the uh indiana state fair because uh that's i was working at the racetrack then and very similar uh you know we we had some instances when i was at the racetrack um where we had some straight line wins where it uh and and luckily we didn't have uh uh it was after uh or uh, it was after like the, the day of events mm-hmm. um, and, and where it blew, you know, actually blew over a 300 foot tent um, mm-hmm. into our, uh, some of our grandstands, our temporary grandstands. Um, and, you know, certainly the, the, uh, the straight line winds um, are, I mean, they, those, those storms come in quick. They roll in, you know, they're in quick. They, they and they do a lot of destructive damage, especially things that are not permanently bolted down uh, or anchored mm-hmm. down. Um, so that, that one was kind of hit close, uh, because we had dealt with that. And yeah, that was, um, I, I don't, I don't remember a, a bunch of the details, but I think that storm, um, uh, did roll, roll in pretty quick for, and, and, and it was tough to, 
to uh, evacuate people uh, uh, away from the from the uh, the staging area. Mm. Yeah, that was that. That's unbelievable when you think about it. You know, when people go to an event and it's when tragedy happens like that, it's pretty, pretty, pretty horrible. What other things would you say that uh, things have happened over the years, maybe that have uh, not altered the way we live, but maybe have changed how we not maybe change how we live based on you know things that happen with um, disasters or thing like that? How what are maybe some a couple of things that have changed over the years how we go about living our lives? Well, certainly, uh, pro, you know, the, the biggest, uh, uh, 9-11 was, is obviously at, at, uh, the top of the list. Um, I think that that's probably the most significant, I will say for me personally, uh, and, and, and maybe most people that, um, and, and how we live and how, uh, certainly how we go to, to any type of, uh, entertainment event, mm-hmm. uh, certainly, uh, um, as as how we go, you know, maneuver through airports and and how we maneuver through, um, um, you know, just, just doing our daily lives. I think you know that's when the whole uh, see something, say something uh, kind of came about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you know, which I think still holds true today. Uh, you know, if you see something, I would say. Another one that probably, and again, nine eleven is is certainly certainly there, but I, I would say probably Hurricane Katrina. Yep, that was another big one, especially um, I think for you know if you look at what happened in New Orleans um, at the uh, at the Superdome there, where the people were uh, you know housed there for because they were worried about the levees breaking and. And, you know, they were there, uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the levees broke and then, then, the, you know, the Superdome is, is surrounded by water, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think looking at, you know, where some of the mega, they called mega shelters, you know, where, uh, you know, putting people in, in mm-hmm. venues that, that are, uh, uh, can support a large number of people, whether it be for restrooms and and showers and and preparing food, and that 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 if there has to be a major evacuation from from low lying areas or certain areas, uh, but it also you know um, uh, makes you look at you know bringing all those people to that location, making sure they're they're not in a in uh, you know putting them in other danger and 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 being and having the resources there because you know all of the things that happened with uh you know with supposedly incidents of you know people getting um uh, assaulted there um you know and 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 that so i think those those two probably stick out the most uh i guess in in you know looking back in in uh you know over the last uh 15 or 20 years yeah I remember Katrina, Hurricane Katrina, back in uh, 2005. I remember that. I was uh, helping out over yeah. in Little Rock, Arkansas, at the uh, state fairgrounds with the uh, the people who had come up there from New Orleans to help feed them. I was working for Airmark at the time, and we went over there for Memorial Day, on uh, Memorial Day, uh, Labor Day weekend. We went out there and helped feed them three meals a day, and it was uh, it was very busy, but it was very gratifying to do. But yes, uh, when people get displaced, then uh, things have to happen. 
So what else, uh, what else in the business or what, uh, what would you say like for situational awareness, like, you know, maybe going out in the public, um, what, what would you think about situational awareness? Like when you're going out to a mall, or you're going out shopping or things like that, what are some things that, uh, you could, uh, key on as you're going out? Cause you always have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be vigilant of what's going on around you and never assume anything. So what would be some of the things that, uh, you would, uh, maybe give advice to? Yeah, well, you know, again, situational awareness, um, you know, looking at it and and and, and getting the, the uh, maybe the textbook uh, definition definition of it. It's you know, obviously the bill, bill um, you know, certainly um, knowing uh, you know, knowing where you're you know where you're going. Um, what could be some of the potential um, um, issues they may have, you know, that there or there mm-hmm. may be, uh, you know, certainly large crowds. Um, if people are drinking, um, you know, a, a number of those things, you know, just knowing what your surround, you know, just your your surroundings are, and and um, you know, under understanding what they are, and and and. Um, you know, if there is an incident, how are you going to respond and what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to escape um, um, or, or get into a safe place? Like, you know, I'm, I'm one of those one of those people that does not like to sit in a restaurant with with his uh, back to the door. Um, I like yeah. to be I like to be facing the door. I don't know where <laughs> that where that came from. Probably just being again, being in the business and, and always being around about. Uh, around law enforcement maybe i just picked that up from them um but you know just uh knowing what your surroundings are uh knowing how you're going to respond and 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 you know obviously to protect yourself and your family well you know it's not being paranoid it's being being ready it's being vigilant it's being aware again you're not being paranoid by knowing (laughs) where to go out or where to sit it's uh it's about being ready to you know when you're driving, you know, be aware of what, what's around you when you're driving. It's just it's not being paranoid. So uh, I agree that 100%. Um, you've worked in the business for over 30 years. So uh, I know what events you've worked, but you've worked some pretty awesome events. You've worked uh, Super Bowls. You've worked Final Fours. Um, I think what else you've worked? You've worked uh, car races. You've done you've done tons of stuff. So what was it like working like the Super Bowls when you went there? You went there as uh, – went there to help out but what was that like so yeah so i, I would say probably the uh super bowl um and and the uh final fours uh are, are certainly uh the some the biggest events that that i've worked and and certainly uh a lot of fun uh, I, I, I will say, uh, immediately after, uh, or, or after, uh, 9-11 happened, go to the, actually the Super Bowl at the Superdome, uh, in, in, uh, I guess it was 2000, 2002. Yeah, New Orleans. Um, and in, in New Orleans. And, um, I, I will say going, my, my perception of going to the Super Bowl, um, then was more it was definitely more going through a a i don't want to say a battlefield but very very uh militaristic 
Mm-hmm. I guess it was just, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of national guard and a lot of barricades and just, oh, yeah, That's uh, right. just, just, you know, just a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, the, the security was, was intense in that. Um, but then now, you know, working, uh, the Super Bowls, um, uh, Back when I did, back in what was uh, 2013, 14, 15, I guess, back in in there. Uh, Certainly working those events and seeing people come to those events was was a lot more inviting. Um, But certainly had definitely still had the same um, security posture. Uh, yeah. If that makes any sense, yeah, it does. Um, uh, in 2002, it, it was very, it was very, um, it was just very, uh, uh, it was all, it was green. It was military. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it just looked like you were, you know, um, it was just uh, like, I don't want to say in a war zone, but yeah, it was kind of like that. And mm-hmm. it was just very intimidating because um, it was all military uh, looking and again, I know they were doing it to protect it, uh, but the event itself was great, and certainly this was on the on the outskirts, especially getting into the to the uh, Superdome. Um, you know, it was super and was uh, you know it was definitely more inviting, um, and, and certainly, but the security posture was was just as intense or or uh, you know uh, for for the spectators, people felt safe. You were you know people coming and going. Yeah, and that's when the Patriots played the Rams, so that was definitely a a great game at the very end. Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. So uh, yeah. you, know, you worked the uh, you worked the soup you worked the uh, the Final Four back in 2016 when Villanova beat North Carolina, and I have always regretted I did not go to that. I was able you had tickets lined up for me. I was going to go, and then I couldn't go because of work, and I still to this day regret not going to that Final Four. So uh, you did offer the invitation, but I did I couldn't go because of work, and I still don't like that to this day. But nonetheless. Uh, you probably got a cool souvenir out of it. Yeah, I got a few good. I got some good swag from uh, from the Final Four, but uh, it was good. So yeah, so things have really changed over the years. And like when you go to events, and it's amazing when you go to events, uh, all the things that go on behind the scenes to pull it off. That's a lot of hard work uh, for a lot of people who work at these venues. So uh, they're there. I mean, the big, the number one thing is safety. And that is paramount for everybody in that facility. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's definitely safety. Um, you know, we go we we do a lot of planning, and and you know, all, all the venues do. They do a lot of planning for the, the events, uh, making sure um, that that again, everyone is safe is the number one priority. But it's it's not. It's it's also making that people um, um, enjoy themselves and, and have an experience that they want to come back mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and trying to make all that happen. And, and it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a, a, a tough job to do, but um, you know, it, uh, these events happen every day. And um, you know, again, I, I think it, most of it is is for 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 people to enjoy themselves in 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 the in the safest way. Yeah, I agree. And uh, when an event goes off like that, uh, when an event goes off like that, it definitely 
for the people who work in those venues, uh, it's a it's a win win because everybody leaves happy whether their team wins or loses. So, um, what other things would you say about the uh, or situation awareness? Maybe um, that uh, we have not covered as of yet. You know, in your experience over the years, I think you uh, you know you've shed a lot of good light on um, situational awareness and, and things like that. Are there any other things that, uh, would come to mind when we're, uh, we're talking about this? Yeah. So, and when you asked, uh, me to do this, it, it made me start thinking of, of, uh, a couple of books that I read and, and Mm -hmm. going back and, and just, um, there was a book that that came out um and 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 I think I I picked it up or or it was mentioned at one of the conferences I went to uh in the industry and it's a book called The Unthinkable and it's by Amanda Ripley and I it came out in 2008 2000 uh I think 2008 2009 and I I read it back then and and I and I I can. I saw the book when I thought about it. I saw the the cover of the book, and I had to go go out into the garage and dig it out, and I found it. Um, but it's called The Unthinkable by Amanda Ripley, and it's Who Survives When Disaster Strikes and Why. Wow. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go back and read it because it's been it's been a number of years since I read it. Um, it it just brings a lot of things a a if i'm correct on it uh, uh, a, a good understanding um how people react uh in in you know i think it goes through different steps of who who mm-hmm. be a hero or who could who could who's who's going to be a hero or who's going to be a victim who's going to survive or who's going to be a victim and and i'm going to i'm going to read it again because it's uh, um just i think it it it, it just th- there's probably a lot of things in there that that i'm um you know thinking about is is in that book but it was it was a great book it was a quick read um but it's called the unthinkable by by amanda ripley yeah, well, you know, you you said we I said earlier you don't have to be paranoid, but you know, things like happened here in Memphis the last month, we've had uh power outages with storms and things. So that's like the unthinkable when your day's going good and then some folks were out of power for for a week and uh really grind through that. So, you know, I'm looking back at another instance here. It was in Oakland, California. So this story here is Pretty interesting. This was in Oakland, California in 2016. It was the ghost ship warehouse fire killed 36 people. I mean, it's amazing how I I read about this stuff years later. So a fire broke out at an underground electronic music party in an Oakland, California warehouse turned artist collection at known as the ghost ship. The fire, the source of which is still unknown to this day, trapped people on a second floor, killing 36 Officials later found that the building had no smoke detectors or sprinklers and contained numerous extension cords and large quantities of flammable materials. Derek Almania is was the primary leaseholder and was sentenced to 12 years in prison back in 2016, but he only served one and a half years in home as in home confinement wearing an ankle monitor. So, uh, disasters like this people pay consequences too it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty sad uh no smoke detectors or sprinklers 
in this facility with numerous extension cords. That is not a good combination. Yeah, not a good combination at all. I mean, you know, again, uh, you know, and, and you bring up that and, uh, you know, it's it's we go through obviously nowadays with with incidents like that happening, you know, certainly building codes have changed. Um, they've become uh, a lot stricter, especially, um, you know, we're going through a major renovation and expansion and and some of the codes are, are a lot different than uh, than they mm-hmm. were uh on this expansion then when the building was originally built in 91 and went through an expansion in 2000. Um, so, you know, the codes, codes have changed and certainly for the better. Um, obviously things cost a little bit more and, and that, but uh, you know, you're, you're in there one, you're, you're protecting, uh, you're protecting uh, 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 people and property, um, you know, uh, and, and, but yeah, it's just, there, there are still places that, that, uh, I'm sure, sure operate in without smoke detectors or, you know, uh, locking doors with chains. I mean, I, gosh, I hope not. That doesn't happen anymore. But, um, you know, for, for, you know, you brought up that it, it, it made me think of, uh, uh, the, the nightclub, f- uh, fire in Rhode Station Island. Nightclub. Yeah. Um, you know, that I, for, and, and that one, uh, when I, you know, I've seen some some raw footage of of that um, in one of uh, one of my uh, you know training classes and uh, and all that and it and it actually seeing that it, it it's uh it makes you wonder um, when you go go to a bar some of you know and you know some of these bars or some you know some places it, even just a restaurant that's full that you know again where are the exits a lot of the people didn't know where the emergency exits were uh from that they 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 went out or they tried to exit the same way they went in where they could have easily gone another direction and and made it to another exit and and made it out safely but they just uh you know people got trampled or stuck at at, at the door um, and, and that, for whatever reason, that one sticks in my mind. Um, uh, when I go, when I, when I, and again, personally, when I go into, into restaurants that are crowded or, or maybe a bar or some type of nightclub or something like that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Good. What in the line that business have you been in? What uh, have you come across any any people that uh, you know who are famous, or did you ever have a chance to meet anybody? You got a story, a funny story or two with uh, some of your experiences. Um, oh. If I worked on your side of the business, I'd want to shake hands and take pictures with everybody. But you're not like that. You just go about the business. Yeah, let's see. Um, there's been a couple. Let's see. Um, I had the opportunity to meet Ozzy Osbourne. Nice. Ozzy. Ozzy Osbourne. Um, that was when I was in Memphis. Uh, <laughs> what was he like? Uh, had the opportunity to. I, I, this is sort of when he was recovering. He, you know, just when you see him on TV, he talked the same. He looked, he's just, just a nice guy. Just seemed like a, like he is on, on the show. I don't know whatever it was. What was it? The Osbournes or something? Yeah. Years ago. Um, just, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's just kind of like that. He was just, you know, easygoing. Uh, I think, you know, when he says, I'm going to go, you know, go do my workout. He, 
and it was doing doing always doing his workouts prior to prior to the show and all that. Mm-hmm. that. But met him, met met Neil Diamond. Wow, when he was there. Um, met a bunch of the wrestlers. Um, I don't know if it was uh, Sid Vicious, Sid Justice. Yeah, Sid Vicious. Um, yeah, Sid Vicious. Sid, what? Sid Vicious. I got a funny story about that. Um, back about 10, 12 years ago, Donna, me, uh, my sister-in-law, Vivian, and, and my brother-in-law, Bobby, we went to this place in Crawfordsville, Arkansas called Uncle John's. It was like this small place, and it had the best spaghetti dinner, meat spaghetti, and it had the best bread pudding. So we were there one Saturday night. It was about 2010, I think, and we're sitting in there, and all of a sudden, this Jeep pulls up, and it's Sid Vicious. The guy was freaking huge. And he yeah. walked in. He sat next to the table next to us, and I still, to this day, regret not – I was scared to ask him for a picture. <laughs> thought he'd flat me, but I was like, that is the biggest human being I have ever seen. But uh, he was very nice. He was talking to the people in there. I didn't want to bother him, but I should have. I should have said, hey, can I get a picture? But um, he was huge, and he, he they were asking him where he, he was wrestling somewhere. But uh, he was just a, just hanging out, eating dinner. But I'll never forget that, Sid Vicious. So who else? Yeah, Mo- most of the guy I met, uh, uh, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, I, he was there. Oh, yeah. This was like in the early 90s. Yep. Um, oh man, I'm sure there's, there's a few others in there. There's, oh man, I, you, now I'm having to go back and think. Um, I don't know. It's just, it, I, there's been a lot. Uh, again, I, you know, I wasn't in for, you know, into it with all getting all the pictures and all that. It's just <laughs> not my thing, but you know, I've met some pretty cool people and, and have joined, have enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. That's, um, that's interesting. You know, I did uh, actually when I came to uh, uh, South Florida, we were doing uh, an event, uh, uh, Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show, and and uh, met uh, uh, Eric Trump. Oh yeah, that's he that's was cool. Just, he was coming through, and that, I think that was in uh, that was October of 2016. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that uh, was that was. Cool. Yeah, it's just been there's been a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, my in my time when I was at uh, Pro Player Stadium, I met uh, met uh, Jeb Bush, who was the uh, back in Florida in the mid '90s, um, yeah. and uh, he was the governor back then in the '90s uh, in Florida. I met Jeb, and uh, he was pretty cool. Um, as far as like players, never really met any players, maybe cross paths with them. George Steinbrenner, when I was at Pro Player Stadium, when they had the first interleague game, he was on the concourse and he got absolutely besieged. George Steinbrenner, people were, everybody in South Florida was from New York at the series there. And it was like total pandemonium. I mean, people, it was unbelievable. I had never seen anything like it. Steinbrenner was just eating it up. And the, everybody's going, George, George. It was pretty cool. It's just like simple things like that. Um, you know, you look back at it and it's uh, it's pretty cool when you see things like that. You have, uh, have some good memories. Um, you know, yeah. when the met 90- JJ Watt when I was in Houston. What's that? Met JJ Watt when I was in Houston. Oh, yeah. What was he? What was JJ's a cool guy? He, I've never met him, but he just he's just a neat guy. Yeah, good, good down to earth guy. Just you know, again, being being at the stadium, he was just he was there. But yeah, nice guy. 
you know, say hello. You know. Yeah, that's he, pretty he, interesting. He was yeah. huge. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I'd do well in that business. I'd want to like get pictures and talk to them for like thirty minutes when they don't want to deal with uh, that. I'm not that good at doing that. So, but uh, yeah, I'm always that guy that wants to uh, you know go up to somebody. But um, but yeah, that's interesting because you know you meet a lot of interesting people. You see a lot of interesting things. You see that the normal people, or not normal people, but people who are the paying public go to see, uh, they don't see. Back in was in 1999. I was working at the Pyramid. And uh, they had the Valentine's Day massacre for WWE, and um, they had the employee entrance there. And I just happened to go by there. My my wife now, who I was dating at the time, Donna, she was there at the employee entrance, and I had just left. And as soon as I left, The Rock and Nick Foley walked in there. They did a skit with a pallet or something like that for the Valentine's Day massacre. They did a skit there. They pre-taped it and I missed it. I mean, literally I walked out and they walked in and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. I can't believe it. I missed it. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, it's a, it's right. a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty interesting there. I just wanted to see who you've been Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, he was, uh, he must've been cool to me. That must've been neat. Yeah, that was, that was probably the, the one I liked the most, probably because uh, he was the first concert that I saw. That's right, yes. In 1981 at the Worcester Centrum. <laughs> <laughs> the Worcester Centrum, the wonderful Worcester Centrum. The Worcester Centrum, yep. So. Any a concert, you know, I did a podcast uh, with a friend of mine up there, Sean Dunner, and we were talking about Van Halen for a few episodes. And it was 50 from where we lived in North Andover, 59 miles each way to go see a concert. So you were, we're, we were on the road for like three hours round trip probably to go see a concert, but that's incredible. 59 miles. That is just like, it's not like driving from here to Memphis or North Andover to Boston where we grew up, but um, it's pretty interesting. So so basically, right. we were just talking tonight about uh, situational awareness, you know, some things that have happened over the years that have uh, changed how we live, how we go to events. And uh, my brother, Rick, who was worked in the business for over 30 years, has uh, shed some light, um, you know, just when you go out and, uh, and enjoy yourselves. But it's pretty interesting, like, uh, you know, when you watch a game, there's a lot of moving parts that are going on behind the scenes that you don't know. And it's incredible. It's like, a, it's like a maze. There's like thousands of people working at events and it's, uh, it all comes to fruition. So, but, uh, yeah. so, uh, well, you know, maybe when you get that book, uh, the unthinkable, maybe we can uh, come back and talk about that. Cause I, you got me uh, thinking about that too. I might have to look that one up as well. So, um, yeah, Amanda Ripley is the author. Yes. Amanda Ripley. Okay. I'll look that up and, uh, Maybe next time we can uh, hook up, right? we can uh, we can talk about that and maybe just talk about some other things. But uh, yeah, be careful when you go to events and uh, take care of yourself and be aware of what's going on. And uh, Rick, I want to thank you very much for coming on and uh, really uh, giving your uh, shed some light on uh, your experience and um, you know how we can uh, you know be a little bit more vigilant. And uh, this was pretty much an informational podcast for folks. So thank you so much, bro. All right. Thank you for having me. And just remember, hope is not a plan. Yeah. Hope is not a plan. It is, that is exactly right. Hope is not a plan.